Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Well, praise the Lord. It's a blessing to be get to share with you for the first Wednesday night of 2022. I'm so looking forward to it, and I'm, um, I'm blessed to, to be here and to share with you guys this evening. I believe we're going to have a blessed time hearing about God's Word and what He has to say to us. And what a blessed time we've had up to this point. Amen. And you know, just something that's just been stirring in my heart the past couple of days is, and even just throughout worship and just the words that were spoken there was just about holiness. And you know, holiness is, it's important. (laughs) You know, and it's something that is sometimes overlooked, unfortunately, and forgotten about in, in the church today. And it's something that, we should be seeing, we should be living a life of holiness. And you know, how, how we live is important. It's important, okay? It's not covered by anything that, like, by the grace of God or anything like that. It's just like you can live whatever way you want and there's no consequences. How you live is important. And we should be, what is our overall purpose here? It is to reflect Jesus. To do, we're called to do what he done while he was on earth. He's passed the baton to us. And how can we do what he done if we're the total opposite of what he looks like? If we're the total opposite of what he done? We can't. And that's where we need to get back to. And that's where we need to, to um, get our focus back on. So last Wednesday, I was planning on sharing, um, finishing up that series. I've been speaking on spirit versus flesh. But the Holy Spirit had a different idea. And his ideas are better. So... <laughs> I didn't get finishing it, but um, I was kind of going to finish 2021 out. It, this is like week five, but I'm pretty sure it's like week 11 or something. I think I missed weeks or something in between. It feels like it's gone on forever. But um, this, um, you know, the past couple of weeks on a, um, that I've been sharing on this, you know, we've been looking about how important it is to what it should look like for those who are in Christ, how we should live. And, you know, we looked at the fruits of the Spirit and we should be, you know, showing them in our lives. They should be bursting forth. They should be seen in our life. And we went through each fruit and so on. Um, we should live bearing the fruit of the Spirit and having these characteristics shown in our lives. They should be visible. We are to walk in power and be in tune with the leading of the Holy Spirit. We're to walk in power. And again, unless we're living in holiness, these things aren't possible. Unless we're living, you know, separated, like we're, but we're called to be set apart, okay? We discussed, um, if you turn with me to chapter 5 of Galatians, that's kind of where we've been at the past couple of um, weeks throughout this. And, you know, we looked at, through a lot of these verses, but, you know, we discussed verse 25 a few weeks back, um, how important it is to stay in step with the Spirit, and it just seems to be coming up quite often within people that has words and stuff. It just seems to be coming up quite a lot the past couple of weeks. And at the end of last year was just like, we can't be expecting, you know, to be going away off on a road somewhere where we want to go, directing ourselves. And because we feel like, oh, this is what we want to do. And then expect God to bless it. It says here in chapter 5 of Galatians in verse 25, it says, you know, to stay in step with the Spirit. It means we're to stay in tune with Him. We're to, you know, it's like a dance partner. You know, He moves, He's leading. We follow. 
okay? We don't end up miles down the road somewhere else away from where we're supposed to be, okay? We don't just go off on our own roads and expect things to always work out how we plan it or expect God to bless it. Oh God, I'm stepping out in faith now, so I need you to bless this. And it's not what he wanted us to do in the first place, okay? We lean on the Holy Spirit and we yield to what and where he is leading us to do and go. It's where he is leading us. Walking, like we talked about the difference between walking in the spirit versus walking in the flesh. It's called spirit versus flesh. And you know, walking in the spirit and not in the flesh brings power. It brings meaning. And it's better than anything that we could experience this side of eternity. Because it's what, when we're walking in the spirit, we're walking in union with him. We're, do, we're, we're letting him lead us. We're letting him guide us. We're letting his power work through us. The Lord knows what's best for us. When we put our own desires away, which is of the flesh, we talked about those things, and press into what he desires for us, we begin to live in his perfect will and we can experience all that he has for us, all that he's planned for us, all that he's destined for us to do while we're on this earth. If we're constantly living for our own flesh, we're not listening to what God wants us to do. We're not going where he wants us to go. When we're yielding to the Spirit, when we're walking by the Spirit and staying in step with His Spirit, with the Holy Spirit that's living on the inside of us, leading us, guiding us, giving us that gentle push as to know where we're, where we're to go and what we're to do, that's when we're living in His perfect will. You know, there was a word there just after worship about, you know, embr like embracing who we are in Christ. And, you know, it's just everything that just flows, it's just a lot of what I'm going to be talking about tonight. It's just Holy Spirit's powerful how he, how he works things out. But, you know, we can never fully embrace who we are in Christ unless we surrender our will and begin to walk by the Spirit. Because, let me just read that again. <laughs> we can never fully embrace who we are in Christ unless we surrender our will and begin to walk in the Spirit. And you know, did you know who we are in Christ goes far beyond the natural? It goes far beyond what our five senses is telling us. And we, we, you know, we looked at spirit, soul, and body at the beginning, and we separated those things out. And who we are in Christ goes far beyond the natural. And it's like, this is the arena where our flesh will try and keep us is in the natural. This is where our flesh will try and keep us. It'll try and keep us about what we can see in front of us and how we feel, get us into our emotions and how life is getting us down and how we're not more than conquerors, even though that's what the word says, that we, what we are. It's, that's living in the flesh, going by what we're feeling. If you turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, I just want to read something out. I'm going to read it, um, I had it in the New King James, but I want to read it here in the Passion Translation because I love how it, it words it. As God's obedient children, obedience, church, obedience is so key. As God's obedient children, never again, oh, sorry, this is verse 14, never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know better. 
as God's obedient children, never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know better. You see, before we came, each believer, everybody who is in Christ had a before and an after. Okay, the before was before we knew Christ, the after is when, who we are now. Okay, before we were living by our flesh because we were, it was, we didn't know any better. We didn't know, you know, that there was what we could be, okay? There is a time before we trusted in Christ when we didn't know the truth. This produced a certain type of living. Can anyone in here remember how they lived before they were in Christ, okay? It should be the opposite of what you're living now, now that you are in Christ, yes? Living for ourselves on our own desires, not God's, walking in the flesh, okay? Walking in the flesh. Our after is when we accept Jesus. And Peter calls us obedient children here. Obedient children. We have become part of God's family. We've been changed on the inside. We live to obey God and follow him. It's not just what we do, but who we are. We need to stop, con we need to stop conforming to the pattern we followed before. That man is dead. Stop conforming to the pattern of who you were before. Live a life of holiness. Because we are now at the after. It's who we are in Christ. It's not anything got to do with what our flesh. We crucified our passions and our desires of our flesh when we accepted Jesus. We give them up. That man is dead. We follow a new pattern. His pattern. What does Romans chapter 12 say? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we discussed renewing your mind one of the weeks we talked about it, basically the whole week, and how important it is to renew your mind. Because again, we've spirit, soul, and body, and our mind is not yet renewed. Okay? It's not yet redeemed. Walking in the Spirit requires obedience and humility. Obedience and humility. If we choose not to obey or humble ourselves to yield to what God wants us to do, we will become like what Paul describes in verse 26. If we go back to Galatians chapter 5. In verse 26 it says, Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. That word conceited means excessively proud of oneself. Vanity. Excessively proud of oneself. If we continue to yield to the flesh and do what we want to do and what we think is best, we will become proud and full of ourselves and what we want. Full of arrogance, pride. How could we not? We think nothing about ourselves. We, we think nothing but ourselves and what we want and what we think is best. This is why walking in the Spirit requires humility. And, you know, we talked about humility as one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's in there. It's one of the fruits that we, that we can operate in, okay? Gentleness, which is meekness. It requires us to operate in that fruit. When we make it all about our works and what we can do, it puffs us up. It puffs us up. Just like the leaders in Jesus' day. They thought that they were closer to God they thought that they knew better than everybody else. They thought that they had it all worked out. And they were so blinded by religion, so blinded by what they could do, by their own works, that they missed it. 
They missed what it was all about. Their religious works got them nowhere except bitterness, pride, and anger. Bitterness, pride, and anger. A life of walking in the Spirit means you fully submit to God and His leading. You fully submit to God and His leading. You can't live your Christian life on your own strength or your own power. It's impossible. You can't live it on your own strength or power. When you try to do so, it, it, when you try to do so and when you think you can, it makes you self-righteous. Oh, I can do this by myself. I can do this. I don't need you, God. What did Jesus die for, folks? To make, to, to, so we could become righteous. We can't do it on our own. That's why he, he, he was needed to die for us. Verse 26, let us not become conceited, excessively proud. It describes the opposite of how we should be living towards one another as the body of Christ. Walking in the flesh will lead to self-promotion and cause division between those who are in the body by creating competition with one another. I hate that competitive spirit. That competitive spirit in the body of Christ. Who can do this better? Oh, this church can do this better than that church, or this church is doing this. And it's just rubbish. It's just an it's just a ploy of the enemy to try and get us separated and divided. Walking in the spirit leads to self-promotion and causes division between those who are in the body. Paul was urging the Galatians to not fall into this trap. Fighting with each other and against each other for the sake of appearances instead of working together for the kingdom. Appearances don't like appearances aren't everything. It's not about appearances. It becomes all about who can put on the best show. And the appearance substitutes the presence of God. I've seen it so many times. All about who can put on the best show because we're trying to impress. We're trying to impress. It's no substitute for the presence of God. No substitute. People have allowed their flesh to dominate them and they want to control everything and make it about them. About how well, oh, did you see what I can do? Did you see what, what we're doing over here? Or what we're doing here? And we've got so many people coming in last month. And it's all about us, us, what we can do. We're amazing. Puffed up. Walking in the flesh. This leads people to gain honor and recognition and self-worth, self-worth from people instead of getting it from Jesus. We shouldn't be seeking recognition from other people. Everything that we are, we get from him. Who we are in Christ is what matters. Not what anybody else says. People will recognize that in you, yes, when you get that, that right. People will recognize those things. But that's not, what, that's not what we should be living for, is people's approval. It gets us all focused on ourselves again, which is not where we should be. Amen. For us, who we are in Christ, our identity should be found solely in him. We let go of our old identity, so why should we try and get another one? We let go of that old identity. Why should we gain another one by what we could do? Without the power and leading of the Holy Spirit, the Christian life can turn into a self-serving one with religious works and a destructive path. With, a re- with religious works and destructive path because we will always get ourselves into trouble and away from where we need to be when we try and do it our own way. When we try and do it our own, when we, we're not in step with the Spirit of God, we can get ourselves into trouble because we're trying to do it our way. 
This is why the Holy Spirit, through Paul, was teaching us here in Galatians that we need to grab a hold of how to walk by the Spirit. This is why it's so important, church. It is where we will not only produce the fruit we need for our walk, but it is also where we will dwell together in unity and fulfill what God is calling us, the church, the body to do, to dwell together in unity. Many hands, many hands. Sometimes we need to get our eyes off I, 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 and on we, 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 we. That's what needs to happen because we can accomplish a lot more than I can. We can. And not just in these four walls, in every church. In every church. Like we were, I think Pastor Ryan was praying out in prayer. Like it's, it's like we're barely making a dent. And we should, be, we should be affecting a lot more people. Reaching a lot more people around us. When we work together. Unity. Unity, unity, unity. If you look at um, the start of chapter 6, I just want to read this out to you. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work. And then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. For each one shall bear his own load. That takes us up to the end of verse 5. So you can see now as we're talking about getting into our, how important it is as the body. But first we had to lay the foundation of getting our own walk by the Spirit right. Getting our own walk right and getting our, ourselves to be walking by the Spirit. So then when we all are, we can be helping each other and making a greater impact, okay? Chapter 5 was about how we as individuals should live when we become part of God's family, walking by the Spirit. And I just want to take a few minutes to look about how Paul describes how we as the body can live in Christ together. You know, verse 1 of chapter 6 in the Passion reads, My beloved friends, if you see a believer who is overtaken with a fault or mistake, may the one who overflows with the Spirit... Seek to restore him. Win him over with gentle words which will open his heart to you and will keep you from exalting yourself over him. May the one who overflows with the Spirit seek to restore him. We shouldn't be walking on top of each other. We shouldn't be like taking joy in when we see somebody falter or fall. We should be helping each other. We should be seeking to restore people to where they need to be because that's where we can have our greater effect. That's what we are called to be and do. You know, we can see from verse 1 of this chapter that even us as believers, we can still mess up at times. You know, I discussed this before a few weeks back. We can still miss it. We can still mess up. We can fall into traps or make mistakes. In, five, in chapter 5, verse 24, we've seen and discussed that when we make that decision to follow Christ and become born again, we also make a commitment to stop giving in to sin and what our flesh desires. Remember I said a few minutes ago, we crucify our passions and desires. However, we have not yet been perfect, perfected in our soul and body. And we still have the ability to sin if we choose to. 
we still have the ability to sin if we choose to. Falling into something or failing to walk by the Spirit at, at, at one time does not, does not mean you're no longer in Christ. Okay? It does not mean you're no longer in Christ. But we must not continually yield to these things. Must not continually yield to sin and be careful to recognize them. Be careful to recognize it when we miss it. What is our part as the body and as those who are walking by the Spirit? Paul tells us here, we try and restore. We try and restore. Unity is so important. It's very strong in my heart right now. Towards the end of 2021, it was very strong in my heart. And even into this year, unity. Unity, guys. We need to be helping each other along and not walking on top of each other. Sometimes we make a mistake. We get ourselves into sin or whatever it may be. You know, it's our responsibility and our job to help each other out. To help each other out, okay? Not discard one another, not throw away, throw away somebody, but to help each other out and seek to restore. Seek to restore, okay? It's their choice, but we seek to restore. We can do that as the body. We can show love, not condemnation, not judgment toward one another, as the enemy can use this to then tempt you into sin. When you start thinking that you're better than everybody else, puffing yourself up again. Okay, the enemy can use that to get you into sin, into pride, into bitterness. Don't fall for that trap. Notice how Paul said that this restoration can only be done by those who are already walking by the Spirit, overflowing with the Spirit. Maturity. Maturity. See, this is why it's so important that we need to get ourselves right before we can start helping each other out. Don't go try and fix in somebody else when your life is, <laughs> needs work right? Now, none of us are perfect, but I'm, you can't go and try and fix somebody else when you know you're not walking in the Spirit and you're yielding to the flesh constantly, okay? Those can be done by those that are already walking by the Spirit, those who are overflowing with the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness, humility. Those who are spiritually mature can help restore the body to full function, to full function. The word restore in the Greek is katartizo, and it means to make whole or mend fully. To make whole or mend fully. We can help each other and restore each other to the full function of the body, which is spirit-powered living. Repentance and spirit-powered living. Choosing to walk by the Spirit goes far beyond affecting you only. It goes far beyond affecting just us. It affects the body as a whole. It affects the body. Imagine what we could be doing. You know, I, I said this before. Imagine what we could be doing and the effects we could be having if we were all doing what we should be doing. If we were all putting the desires of the flesh away, putting our selfishness away and living for, living for Christ and living to serve one another. We could be doing so much more, church. Doing so much more. And I'm speaking as, you know, as the body of Christ as a whole, not just people in here. Okay, like I know you guys are awesome. <laughs> you know, verse 2 says in chapter 6, to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And so fulfill the law of Christ. Okay? Do you know, first of all, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to overcome. Okay, we are overcomers in Christ. Nothing is going to, you know, defeat you or, or weigh you down unless you allow it. Okay? We are overcomers in Christ. 
but we don't need to be carrying things that are going to be excessively heavy. We shouldn't be carrying things that are excessively heavy, which is the type of burden Paul was referring to here in this verse. It was the type of burden. The Greek word is different than the one he uses further on in verse 5 of this chapter, which refers to a lighter load or common task by which we're all responsible for carrying. Okay? Because at the start of chapter 6, it says, bear one another's burdens in verse 2. But then in verse 5, it says, for each one shall bear his own load. Okay? It's a two different types of burden. One is excessively heavy and one is one that we're all responsible for carrying. Okay? The ones that are excessively heavy are the ones we should be helping each other carry. They're the ones that we should be helping each other carry. Like, for example, somebody that's dealing with spirit versus flesh. That's dealing with that fi- like fight and losing, if you know what I mean. Stepping in and helping somebody. Not in a judgmental way, not in a condemning way, but in, in love. In love. This is a way God provides for those who are in Christ. It gives us the ability through the Spirit to help each other, to help each other with carrying these loads that are too heavy for one individual, that are too heavy for one individual. I'm sure there's times that you can all think of times when your brother or sister in Christ was struggling with something, and it could have been just an attack or whatever, and you just stepped in with encouragement, stepped in with love, stepped in with just to let them know you were there. People's done it for me countless times and still do it, and I need it. We all need it. Bear one another's burdens. We found and we looked at the answer in chapter 5, verse 14, which was, um, you know, so when we fulfill the law of Christ, by doing what? In chapter 5 and verse 14, it tells us about love. Love is the law of Christ. When we're walking by the Spirit and helping each other along, we're walking in love and so fulfilling the law of Christ. Walking in love, in the agape love. And we broke that fruit down a few weeks ago and what it looks like. It's not self-seeking. It doesn't run out. It's God kind of love. It's, it's showing it even when we don't receive it. Okay? We should never elevate ourselves in pride, which comes from our flesh, that we cannot stoop down to help somebody else in need. We should never elevate ourselves so high that we can't stoop down to help a fellow believer in need. Verse 4 in chapter 6 tells us to examine our own work. Examine our own work. We shouldn't be comparing ourselves to those around us, but instead looking at what we are doing and how we're walking. We're looking at what we're doing and what, how we are walking and asking ourselves, am I reflecting Jesus? Am I living a life of holiness? Can people see Jesus through me? Was this, was this action that I've done effective in regards to what I'm called to do? These are questions we should be asking ourselves. This is what it's all about. If we yield to the leading of the Spirit and walk by those impulses, we will reflect Jesus in what we do and be effective in our work. By walking in humility, we will see that it is God continually working through us. It is God continually working through us when we operate in humility. He is our source of joy. He is our source of peace. He is our source of love. He is our source of self-control. Gentleness, meekness, kindness, goodness. He is our source. It's nothing to do with us. It's nothing to do with us. We've looked at what Paul has written about the importance of those who are in Christ. 
to live a life which produces fruit of the Spirit and not the fruit of the flesh, and also the importance of supporting and helping each other along the way. The book of Galatians can reveal to us what the grace of God truly is. His goodness toward us could never have been earned or deserved. In our old sin nature, we were heading to an eternity without him. We, that's, the re, that's the harsh reality of it. We were heading to an eternity without him, but by the grace of God. But for the grace of God. Now, as we are in Christ, we have been adopted into God's family and he's given us a brand new life. As we walk in union with him, as we are like so close in our relationship with him, we no longer want to carry our fleshly desires around. I guarantee you. If you still want to be living by the flesh, you need to get more intimate with him. Because as you're more intimate with him and as you're in closer union with him, those things won't have a pull on you. You'll always deal with spirit versus flesh, but it won't, you won't be wanting to live and fulfill those fleshly desires like you once lived. Okay? You can't do both of them. God's grace is not, only, it's not just our ticket out of hell, folks. But it gives us the ability to live a life of purpose and holiness while we're here on earth. It gives us the ability to live a life of purpose and holiness. In verse 7 to 8 of Galatians chapter 6, it says, Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. We still have our own free will and the choice to do what we want to do. We still have our own free will and the choice to do what we want to do. The grace of God is, it doesn't substitute these things. Whatever we decide to do, it will carry its own result and its own consequence. Do we know that? Whatever you decide to do will carry its own result. It will either, when you choose to sow, you're either sowing to the flesh or sowing to the spirit. And it will, each of them will have a consequence. Okay? If we continue to choose sin, we will deal with the result of sin. Okay? Whatever we sow, that will, that's what we will reap. We must not think that because God's grace has saved us, that it will protect us from any harm that might come along because of our life choices. This is where the message of grace can get weak. It's like, I know now I can continue to sin whatever way I want, and I'm okay because I'm covered by the grace of God. It, your, whatever, your sin will still carry a consequence. Okay? It will still carry a consequence. To believe this way is to mock God, just like the verse says. God hates sin. He hates it. He gave us the greatest gift we could ever receive so we could be separated from it. Why do we think he is okay with us living in sin? He's not okay with that. Okay? putting aside for a second where our eternal destiny is, okay? And something that some, <laughs> sometimes people don't like hearing this, okay? But whether you're going to heaven or hell, right, just put that to one side for a second. What we do in this life matters, okay? Even if you're going to heaven, 
What we do in this life matters. You can't just live whatever way you want and expect no consequences. It's okay, I'm going to heaven. What you do in this life will matter. How you live your life will matter. We will all stand before God. And I certainly, I don't know about you, but I want to make sure I'm doing my best. I want to make sure that I'm walking by the Spirit wherever I can and that I'm pressing into Him as much as I can. Living for Him in everything I do. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that we will all receive our heavenly reward. And I want my choices here on earth to be godly ones. Godly ones. Ones that will glorify Him and not me. Spirit-filled choices. Not flesh-filled choices. Not my own desires. Not what I want to pursue. Not what I can see my life. See, see how I can see my life. I can tell you something, guys. Let me just say something off the hop here, okay? What I'm doing right now is far from where I wanted to, to go, where I thought that I should be, okay? I, would, I knew the call that was on my life for, since I was a teenager, since I was younger, and for many years I ran away from it, and people who know me will know that, okay? And I never, I never ran away from church, I never ran away from the things of God, but I ran away from, I tried to ignore the call that was on my life. I tried to suppress it. I tried to suppress it, okay? But thank God I wised up. <laughs> I copped on, and I got myself back yielded and submitted to what God wanted me to do, okay? Make sure that you, make sure that you are in that place where you're yielded and submitted, because the choices that you're making matter. They matter. And the word that we heard, like, <laughs> that came from my dad there was, you know, God will place an anointing and a call in your life, but if you do not choose to accept it, and if you don't yield, he'll find somebody else. Right. Don't miss your opportunity. Don't miss your opportunity. We're all, still, we're all still human. Like we discussed, there will be times when we miss it. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm not referring to mistakes and things that we all make mistakes. I'm referring to life choices and continuing to yield to the flesh, continuing to choose sin, okay? God's grace empowers us to live a life in the Spirit. It is not a license to live whatever way we want, okay? It's not a license to live whatever way we want. It tells us in verses 7 and 8 of chapter 6, the harvest we produce will be determined by the seeds we plant along the way. The harvest we produce will be determined by the seeds we plant. This law applies to the believer and the unbeliever. Okay? If we sow to the flesh, we will reap corruption. We've seen this through this letter, that when people make it about themselves and try to do things in their own efforts, it is sown to the flesh. That's what the Judaizers were trying to get the people in Galatians to do. Turn away from the true gospel. Turn away from what Paul was teaching them to do and go back to works-based living. Doing, getting closer to God and seeing, getting right standing with God by what they could do, by who they were. Trying to earn justification by following the law of Moses. Anything that is done that does not give God the glory but gives it to the individual or another is sown to the flesh. If whatever you're doing is giving you glory, you're sowing to the flesh. Everything that we should be doing should be glorifying God, giving God the glory for everything. 
it is, he uses us, yes, he uses us, but we're just a vessel. It's him working through us. And sometimes our eyes can get tainted and we can start thinking, oh, I'm great because I'm doing this. And I'm great because I'm reaching so many people. And I'm great because I'm now in this role and whatever. And you forget that who's empowering you to do these things? Who's behind you doing those things? Who's called you and who's equipping you? Him. Him. He should be getting the glory. This will always lead to corruption. So into the flesh will always lead to, to corruption. The same way as so into the flesh by living whatever way we want and feeding our fleshly desires, that will also lead to corruption. That will also have consequences for our actions. Our salvation was only possible through Jesus, through what he accomplished for us. God gave us his own spirit, which produced eternal life. It produced eternal life. We are so into the spirit when we trust in him alone, not only for our salvation, but for our leading and guiding us through life. We're trusting him. He is our guide. He's in the driving seat. That is when we're so into the spirit, when we're staying in step with him when we're letting him tell us where to go, when we're listening, when we have our spiritual ears open. Let me tell you something as well. God's always speaking. You're like, oh, God's not speaking to me. I don't know where to go. You're not listening. Your receiver box is, is, is broken. Okay, he's always, he's always speaking. He's always directing us. Get in his word. Get in his word. And he'll speak to you. When we live by the Spirit's empowerment, which will be to walk in the Spirit always, we will receive strength and continue to bear the fruit that we discussed in chapter 5. When we live by His empowerment, why would we trust our flesh for anything, to get us anywhere, or to do anything for us when the Word tells us it leads to corruption? Why would we do these things? Sometimes it can be subtle, and we don't know that we're so into the flesh or that we're walking in the flesh. And that's why it's so important to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, to be in tune with what he is telling us and guiding us where to go. Sin will have a temporary pleasure. Sin has a temporary pleasure, but the harvest it produces is deadly. The harvest it produces is deadly. It is far away from what we should be producing. It will lead us far away from where God wants us to be. It is like a, a complete diversion. If we take that train, we're going to end up way over here. From away from where God wants us to be. In, chapter, in verse 9 of chapter 6 in Galatians, it says, Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Use your energy and time in planting good seeds. Use your energy and time to plant good seeds. Seeds sow into the Spirit. Seeds sow into eternity. Not what we can gain or earn here. Not what we can feed our flesh with. But sow to the Spirit. Is it possible to grow weary while we're sowing to the Spirit? Yes. It tells us, do not grow weary while doing good. When you sow seeds, the harvest doesn't happen automatically. But it tells us not to lose heart. Who empowers us to keep going? 
The Holy Spirit living on the inside of us is our source of empowerment. As we're continuing to sow to the Spirit and leaning on Him, He is the one that will carry us. He's the one that will give us the strength to keep going. When we do it in our own, when we're trying to do things in our flesh, that's when we lose heart. That's when we'll grow weary. Our flesh will only take us so far. When you sow seeds, the harvest doesn't happen automatically. It takes time. And that's where another fruit of the Spirit comes in. Patience. Seed, time, and harvest. It requires patience. It doesn't happen overnight. And that's another reason why sin can be attractive. Because sometimes it allows you to live in the now. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll do this now because I can enjoy this now. It's like you're constantly in the present. You're constantly one fed. You, your patience is seriously lacking when you're yielding to sin. It can have a temporary, momentary pleasure, but the word tells us it produces the wages of death. And that's just not physical death. It could be every, the forms of death, sickness and disease or whatever it may be. It all has a consequence, church. It has a consequence. We're free from sin dominating us. We're free from that, you know, sin telling us who we were, deciding where we're going. We're not living under sin anymore. We're free from those things because we're in Christ. But we can still choose. You still have a choice. And you can still choose to yield to sin, to give in to sin. And that's, they have consequences as well. Okay, even as believers, we, it still has consequences. We're free in Christ, free from our old sin nature. The Holy Spirit is dwelling on the inside of us and his power is packed on, on the inside of us. That should be something to make you shout about in 2022. The Holy Spirit is living on the inside of us. You have risen from the dead power living on the inside of you. Living on the inside of you. We need to be living a life of holiness. You can't be living whatever way you want, yielding to sin, living in the flesh, and expect to demonstrate the, these things. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. We need to be set apart. When we keep living by sowing to the Spirit, we will not only see the harvest of eternal life with Jesus, <laughs> but that's incredible in itself. We will see the harvest because our harvest is eternity with him. But we will also see the harvest and bear fruit here on earth that will benefit us and the people around us. We will reap the harvest. And let me tell you something else. There's a time to plant and there's a time to reap. Don't waste your opportunity to plant because we only have a certain window of opportunity. And then it moves on to the reaping, the harvest. Don't waste your opportunity to plant. Don't just lie there dormant in the field and not produce anything. Because you don't want to get uncomfortable. Because you don't want to get upset. Because sometimes it's, it is uncomfortable living like that. It is uncomfortable. There's a time to plant and a time to reap. As Paul goes on to say in verse 10, ensure to do good to all and especially to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Be a blessing to those around you. Use the window of opportunity you have to plant wisely 
Because guess what, guys? The harvest and reaping time is coming soon. The harvest and reaping time is coming soon. What are you planting? What are you choosing to plant? Are you planting seeds in the flesh or are you planting seeds in the spirit? Because that's what you're going to reap. That's what you're going to reap. It's a spiritual law. Whatever seed you plant, you will receive that crop. Plant seeds into eternity and make the daily choice. Not in your own power, not in what you can do, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, make your daily choice to put your flesh down and walk in the Spirit. And walk in the Spirit because it affects you, it benefits you, and it affects the body and benefits the body, which then in turn benefits the people around us. It benefits the people around us. That's what God intended. That's what God intended us to do for to be living, Spirit-powered living. Walking by the Spirit, not walking in the flesh. How does that make us look any different from what we wear? It doesn't. It doesn't. Don't get lulled into that, like, sense of just, oh, it's okay, I can just sit back and kick my feet up. I can kick my feet up and live off the person behind, the, the person before me's harvest and what they were seeing. I'll just reap what they sowed. There's, so many, there's too many people in the body of Christ like that today. And they're just willing to sit back and reap what was sown years ago. We all have a part to play. We all have an important function. And our window is small. Our window is small to plant. So make sure you're planting that you're going to receive a, a crop. A good crop. A spiritual crop. Amen? Amen. Is that good? Is that okay for you? Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise and we thank you. We thank you, Father, for your word, Father Lord. We thank you for your eternal word. Oh, Father, your word that never, ever fades away and never will fade away. We thank you, Father Lord, that it is our guide. The Holy Spirit and your word is our guide to keep us on the right track, to keep us going, to keep us doing what we're called to do, what you've called us to do. We thank you, Father. We glorify you. We praise you, Lord, because you are worthy. We thank you for this opportunity to come together as a body, unified, unified, Father, in, with, by one purpose, one goal, and that is to do what you've called us to do, Father. We, Lord, let us decrease so you can increase in our lives. Shave off what, we, that sh what shouldn't be there. And Father, just help us, Lord, get to the place, Father, Lord, that we can make choices that are good choices and that will lead to a life of holiness, lead to a life that we are truly set apart, not one foot, on, one foot in and one foot out, not kicking back and relaxing and thinking that we're all okay, but oh, for the grace of God, Lord, help us not live like those things and live like that, but help us, Father, live a life, be intentional, be intentional with our time, be intentional with our window to plant, be intentional with, our, with what you've called us to do. And what you've given us in our hands, Father Lord. Help us realize that it's not us, that it's you working through us, that it's you empowering us, your Holy Spirit empowering us to do everything. Oh, Father, I rebuke that spirit of pride, that spirit of, of division, that, comp that competitive spirit in the body. It has no place here. And we thank you, Father Lord, for a body of believers that's unified loving each other, helping each other, bearing each other's burdens, so fulfilling your law, Father, so walking in your agape love that it's so evident to the people around us.
that they want to have it. They want it a part of what we have. Help us live a life that just radiates Jesus. That people can see Jesus in our eyes. Thank you, Father, for each and every person here. I thank you for their protection, Father. I thank you, Father, Lord, that angels are, are guarding them everywhere they go, protecting them to and from, Father. Thanking you, Father, Lord. Praise you and glorify you, Father, for the start of this new year. Great things are coming for this body, for the body of Christ as a whole. We're ready, we're expecting, we're excited to see what you have in store. And we're ready, Father, to walk by your spirit and by your spirit alone, not by our flesh. And we thank you, Father, for this body of believers, for this church. We thank you, Father, Lord, that we are covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.